Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar. And we have with us today the founder and CEO of Internex. His first name is Fran. I'm not going to attempt to say the rest. It's a beautiful name. So welcome, Fran. Hi, yeah. Uh, I'm Fran, I'm Fran Villalba-Segarra. Yeah, it's a Spanish name, so it's uh, a bit hard to, you know, to get it right. Yeah, I'm 21, and I'm indeed the founder in Internex. Well, I'm so happy you could join us here today, and, and we could learn more about Internex. So go ahead and, and give us a little bit of an overview about what, what your company is. Right. So Internex is a is an innovation company. We are a tech company, and we've got a very broad uh, vision. So we we want to disrupt different industries that we find interesting from a you know financial point of view, um, and we want to disrupt them by providing a better service that you know through the use of of disruptive technologies. So right now, what we're doing at Internex uh, uh, is disrupting the cloud industry. So we we are creating XCloud. Uh, which is almost done, by the way. Um, and basically, what this is is a decentralized cloud storage service. And what basically is trying to do is, uh, you know, substitute Dropbox or Google Drive um, by, you know, offering a superior experience and service to what's currently out there. Wow. So disrupting disrupting the driving industry. And what other what other industries are you getting your hands on? Yeah. So right now, uh, you know, we're finishing xCloud, and we'll start marketing uh, the beta in quarter three this year. And then quarter four, we will start marketing commercial version. So for the beta, we will start targeting people in the crypto industry, and then we start we will start targeting enterprises and um, and you know and the average consumer, like the mass market, basically. Uh, and that will keep us busy, you know, throughout all 2018 and probably 2019. Uh, after that. We will evaluate what, what industries at that point in time are the most interesting, and what with what technologies we can, you know, disrupt them and become, you know, hopefully the next big thing in that in the market. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about XCloud? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So XCloud, yeah, XCloud is a decentralized cloud storage service. So basically, what we do, we don't store any data ourselves. So it's a peer-to-peer uh, infrastructure. So basically, uh, we take a file, uh, we end-to-end encrypt it. We split it into pieces, and it gets replicated in different machines. And these machines are, you know, computers from other people. So it's like Airbnb, but for cloud storage. Um, difference is that, we, you know, with Airbnb, what Airbnb did uh, in the hotel industry, thanks to kind of decentralization, so to speak, um, they provided a low, lower quality service that was cheaper than was currently out that, that, was, that than, than hotels basically. Uh, because that was, you know, something that that market needed because hotels were expensive and so on. In terms of the cloud storage industry, uh, there wasn't a problem with pricing because, you know, current, you know, current services are, are pretty cheap. There was a problem with uh, security and privacy, and that's what, we, you know, what we try to solve with, with decentralization. And yeah, um, basically decentralization, uh, you know, in this beta, in this beta we're releasing in quarter three, in quarter three, we, I don't think it'll be as secure as Google Drive or Dropbox. Because all of these companies use centralized, um, you know, infrastructures, they do have a lot of money to make sure that these infrastructures are, you know, hacker-proof, and you know, and these companies don't usually access your information and, or, or give it to governments. Um, but we are working on, uh, we'll be working throughout 
you know, the end of 2018, 2019, you know, into, into getting uh, in contact with hacking and security auditing uh, companies so that it can help us, uh, you know, improve our infrastructures, which, which, which you know, if, if it's improved uh, enough, it's fundamentally superior. So if we can, you know, make sure that we reach there, uh, you know, we'd be very happy. Because that that is definitely a new way of of looking at of storage and and solving a lot of the problems right. that you have found with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, in terms of of scalability, um, we don't have any scalability issues because basically our supply is you know pretty much unlimited. Like everybody can literally host a piece of encrypted file and earn money from that. So. Uh, we don't have scalability issues. We don't have we, there's basically no single point of failure where a hacker or a natural disaster, uh, you know, could, could could take place. For example, Amazon has been down a few times already uh, last year and this year because of different, you know, power uh, issues and, and and so on. We don't have those kind of issues. So if 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 we manage to you know secure our infrastructure enough, uh, it's fundamentally superior because of the way it's built. Absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit about Xcore. Right. Yeah. So Xcore is like Xcloud and Xcore are the two sides of the same coin. So Xcore basically is the program that hosts run to start hosting files. So Xcloud is kind of the service that you know people will be using to store files on our cloud, and they will be paying for that. And then these payments will be paid to hosts, which will be using Xcore. So basically, Xcore is a program that you run in the background in the background of your computer, and that is an income by hosting files. I see, I see. Um, mm-hmm. You guys have so much going on here. Uh, one more thing that you have up here that uh, that really jumps out at me is your token. So tell us a little bit right. about the token and uh, and how we can use it. Yeah. So um, our token, basically, uh, the way it works is that xCloud users for the beta, they will need to pay in, in our token, within the next token. And basically, 100% of this payment will be sent to host. And then from the stable version onwards, because we do want to reach the mass market, because we think it's a very interesting concept we're building, uh, we will also enable fiat payments, but the token economics won't change. So this fiat will be used to automatically buy tokens from the market. And then, we, again, with all these internet tokens we collect, we will pay them to host. So that's pretty much how the token economics are playing, are gonna, are, you know, how they're going to be playing uh, a role uh, late this year. And then during 2018, as regulation becomes more clear, we expect to keep upgrading our token economics as much as we can. Uh, but we don't want to take any further steps uh, before we know, you know, what the rules of the game are in terms of regulation. So, you know, if we do that, we are security. If we don't do it, then we're not. So what's better for the company? Uh, but once we know what the rules of the game are, we will potentially, you know, keep improving the token economics. Absolutely. So, you know, you've already got a bunch of pretty solid products going on here. Uh, where do you see mm-hmm. you know this company going in the next the next three years? I, I know you might not be able to disclose things, and you're you're kind of seeing what's interesting. But you know, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that that you that you could predict that that you think are going to be the next the next route? Mm-hmm. Right. So by the end of 2019 or beginning 2020, we expect to have over 100,000 customers uh, in XCloud, uh, and that's accounting for all the marketing we plan to do, and also a Series A, which we plan to do uh, during 2019. So that's uh, 100,000 customers, and that's an average we estimate of $4 per customer. So that's almost half a million dollars revenue per, per month, um, and that's every month, uh, you know, assuming we don't grow anymore from there on, onwards, which we will. So that's what, where we see ourselves uh, in, in just over a year from now. And, I mean, we will totally start developing further products. Uh, for instance, during 2018, we would like to create something we call the Core Pro, which basically is a server 
that hosts can uh, Xcode hosts can use, uh, you know, to start hosting files. So you know they can use their laptop, but they can also use this machine, which they plug to their you know, to the light, and they they set it up via Wi-Fi on the laptop once, and then they can just leave it running there. And you know it's 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 got much it's got much more storage on the laptop. It's optimized for this process, and you then turn it on and off. So you know if you do like the uh, you know the, the job of, of becoming a host, uh, and you want to earn more money, you can just buy the Core Pro, and we will be releasing that potentially within the next year as well. So exciting! <laughs> what kind of brought you to to Internext? You know what what brought this idea? Give us <laughs> a little brief history about you and how you got involved. Right. Yeah. So I love entrepreneurship. I love new tech. And I've been into these since I was like 12 or 13. So I started creating my small projects. And yeah, the step before, the step right before Internext, uh, I was working at a company called Hostinger. I was working working there for like three or four years, I think. And then uh, on the side, I also had a small project called OneSide, which was a freemium web hosting company. And you know, I was doing fine. But you know, for, for instance, the web hosting industry, it isn't that interesting. Like it's not very exciting. It's very mature. So I was thinking of ways of making one site grow faster. And I looked into decentralizing websites. Uh, that was over a year ago. And uh, after looking into decentralization, I saw it was so big that uh, you know, it, it was like upgrading one site into that wasn't good enough. What I should have done, what, what, what I did do, um, was creating something completely different and based on, you know, around decentralization uh, you know, at, at that moment in time because decentralization was going to become a thing soon after that. So basically, I sold one side, I left Hostinger, and then I started Internext, which was, uh, you know, a decentralized project, a decentralized project at least for the first years. And you know, what really drives your passion? Why do you think decentralization uh, and disruption is is so important? I mean, in terms of um, disruption and uh, on what I'm doing, I don't know. Like, I think uh, depending on your personality, you like certain things or or others. I assume like people, you know, there's some people who who I don't know don't like this kind of stuff. I like complicating my life and, you know, I don't know, this kind of stuff I'm doing. I just love it. Um, I, I don't know how, how how to explain it. I don't know. Like, I, I think, you know, when you, for example, like ballet, you don't really know why. You just like it. You just enjoy it. Or, or when you like music, you just love it. So that's the kind of thing uh, I have. I, I don't know. I just really enjoy, uh, you know, this game. Do you think that it's important that we start decentralizing and disrupting these services? Do you think it's a it's a really important next step? <laughs> right. Yeah. So if we look at uh, decentralization in particular uh, as a concept, I do think that it can be applied into many industries and to a bigger or lesser extent is actually being applied. So for instance, with Airbnb, not to a very big extent, but to some extent, it's actually being applied or Uber. Like you don't have these hotels, you know, hosting people. You have, you know, a peer-to-peer system, which is somewhat decentralized. So we are moving into these kind of you know, economy, which is much more decentralized. And I think we will progressively move into more and more decentralized systems that are trustless because, you know, you can't even trust your government nowadays uh, because, you know, most of the time it's fine, but sometimes they fuck up and I don't know. And I think, you know, trustless systems are, are way better than, you know, uh, you know, centralized systems with single points of failure, which sometimes fail. Uh, even for the biggest companies or for the big, or for the best government. So I do think that decentralization is, is very important. And I do think that, for example, services like Internet, xCloud, um, are very important and they will be, you know, th- their adoption will progressively uh, increase. What are some of the challenges, uh, you know, with decentralization that you're coming up against? And how are you how are you solving those issues? With xCloud, for instance, uh, I mean, when, when you're 
buildings such a new infrastructure there's many uh you know things to make sure that they're very well tied up so as i said for instance our beta version i don't think that would be safer than currently mass adopted uh, services because uh you know it's, it's a new technology and these companies have been like, like google they've been running for so long that although they do use older technologies they're so refined that you know they're almost perfect so to build a perfect infrastructure there's a long way to go so that's one of the challenges we have and that's what we're working on like we've got developers only working on improving our infrastructure uh making sure it's more secure we, we're in contact with other uh decentralized companies like hacken which which are going to be reviewing reviewing our infrastructure as well and we will be contacting with other security uh, as you said uh, companies so that they can help us you know constantly improve our, our infrastructure and at, at some point we will reach we will surpass currently mass adopted services. So that's one of the of the things we have. Um, and then again, and then as probably many companies in the industry, we you know there's many legal uh, question marks because you know uh, even even Airbnb has probably faced this, um, or companies like Deliveroo or or uh, I don't know Uber. Like the fact that you're not anymore paying a company, for example, a hotel. But you're paying an individual who is not necessarily, you know, registered anywhere to pay, you know, any kind of taxes or anything, or, or you know, insurance. That's also the question mark in terms of legal issues. Then, of course, token economics. That's also the question mark. But I think that, you know, hopefully, proper governments will, you know, evolve in a way that they make this stuff and, and that basically they adapt to these new technologies, which I think will improve will improve the world. Yeah. How easy is it to get set up with um, with iCloud or, or sorry XCloud or XCore uh, from the user standpoint? You know, what are the steps that you can mm-hmm. that you take to get set up? Right. Yeah. So that's one of the things actually that differentiates us from companies like Storage or Saya. So these two companies are focusing on basically building building an infrastructure. What we're also focusing on, and that's fine if they're not doing it, they're probably targeting a different kind of customer only. Only um, what we're doing is making sure that these new technology is as simple to use as possible. So if we want to compete with iCloud or Google Drive, we want to make sure that we are, that we are as competitive in terms of user experience or pricing, because I don't think people are willing to give up on that for higher security. But if we are, if we manage to give them a service that's pretty much as, as cheap and pretty much uh, you know as, as beautiful, um, but with the plus that it's more secure and more private, I think more people will be willing to to you know to switch. So we're also working on that to make sure that we can reach the mass market. And that will be from quarter four onwards. Excellent. Um, so, what is the best way for people to to learn more and get connected with internet? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So people can basically check out our website, internet.com. And you know, we, we we use Telegram for our community, so we discuss everything there. We use Twitter for kind of relevant announcements, and then Medium, our blog, for like super essential announcements. So those are the three main ways of you know where we use to communicate with customers, and then our website, of course. Um, so yeah, that's how people can find out find out more about us. And uh, for the token sale, that's also all on your website as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. And to buy a token in Internex, that's also all yeah. done on your website. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, we did the ICO in September, so that was like long, like almost a year ago. But people indeed can buy tokens um, uh, from other you know from other people. And we're listing in small exchanges, and as regulation also becomes more clear, we we will be spending money on better exchanges. What we don't want to do is spend money on an exchange that may get banned, or you know after you know certain regulations pass, they don't list certain kind of tokens. So we don't want to waste money on that because we didn't raise that much in the ICO. So we want to make sure that every dollar we spend, it's spent very smart. So 
um, like in a very smart manner. So people can buy exchanges like the token from small exchanges, but what's more interesting is that we developed a widget uh, next to a company called CryptoWolf, that is like a development company, um, that it, it's on our website. And basically people can buy tokens right from our website. And what happens in the background is that this algorithm detects when you send the Bitcoin payment or the Ethereum or the Litecoin payment, and potentially in the future also fiat payments. And once this payment is automatically received, this algorithm automatically buys internet tokens from, from an exchange, and then they send them to your wallet address. So and this, this all happens in the background, so it's super convenient. Fantastic. Well, Fran, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast and thank sharing you. your company. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Juliet Lamar of Future Tech Podcast. And check out internext.com. It's I-N-T-E-R-N-X-T dot com. Have a wonderful day and take care. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.